Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Ravlick. Thank you for joining me for this particular Sunday morning reflection. I try and do something a little bit different from the usual interviews I do uh, so that there's a, a chance to reflect upon a few things along the way. Today, uh, what I'd like to do is just ask you to think about what we call us and them in today's society. How we define... You know, for example, who the bad guys are. This topic has sort of come about as a result of some studies I'm doing by Charles Sturt, looking at uh, sort of terrorism, security studies, in particular right-wing extremism. And as I've read more and more about the developments, both here and in Europe and in the United States, the one thing that does resonate with me is that we're quite uncomfortable with the notion of uh, asserting that uh, the bad guys may actually be people that look like us. Um, and that, I think, is a product of the fact that you know, when 9-11 happened, you know, on, back, on, uh, back in 2001, uh, people had become, or rather, were conditioned to start to look for uh, jihadist threat. That's basically what we're talking about here. Um, and that became the entire uh, focus of the security apparatus and, the, and of course, the focus of sort of governments around the world, given the, the magnitude of the impact of 9-11. What that conditioning has done is it's kind of dulled the senses a bit and caused people to assume that it's always another, uh, other people, people that look different, people that have different beliefs, um, people that have different you know, faith systems uh, and whatever, whatever else, people that hold on to different ideologies. And it might escape people's attention from time to time, that in fact there may be threats that are within um, the country that um, are you know, sort of from people that hold extreme views but are indistinguishable from the rest of the population except when those views surface. We've seen some of that uh, pop up over the past uh, six months uh, when you look at the various forums that have been established to, to sort of gather people for protest activity uh, in relation to uh, the lockdown, um, both here in Victoria and elsewhere. And what you will see is strains of right-wing extremism emerge. Now, there are those who believe that, for example, sovereign citizens aren't right-wing extremists, that right-wing extremists are... Uh, always going to be white supremacists. That's not the case. Um, you will have people who are right-wing extremists who will be in a very uh, anti-government, pro-individual mode, such as sovereign citizens. Uh, they will express a wish to not comply with laws they believe are unjust and invalid. Uh, we've got them everywhere in Australia. You just look at various web pages, Facebook pages, of people who will argue that the Australian Constitution was not um, 
properly amended over the years or there weren't proper amending pieces of legislation that were uh, uh, assented to by the Governor-General at various points in time. And, you know, there's also this intellectual meme that goes, goes around about, you know, the Australian government being a corporation in the US and there's no power vested in the Australian government to do uh, anything in the United States on the Securities and Exchange Commission. That's one of my favourites because once people say that you know, registration of that nature is not within the scope of the Constitution, they automatically invalidate their argument because they don't understand how the US securities law works. They have no idea, they have no clue. And yet they make these bold pronouncements on Facebook or on Twitter and on web pages and elsewhere that seek to state that the governments and corporations and corporations uh, uh, don't make law and as such compliance is voluntary. And this all hinges on some sort of notion of the, the common law um, being greater than statute law and a whole raft of other things that are kind of bizarre in their own right. Um, and that's, that, that sits on the right wing. That's clearly right wing stuff. And it is incorporated in the analysis of right wing extremism. I'm not sure why some commentators refuse to put those guys into that league, but the fact is, that's where they sit. Um, and you know, I'm happy to have the debate with people, but I can't see why they wouldn't be sitting there. Uh, especially since the, the actual you know, creation of sovereign citizens um, was uh, in the US. And not only that, there were people who were anti-Semitic and had other views that, that were contributors to that particular development. It does not mean that everyone that's a sovereign citizen type person, uh, adherent to sovereign citizen ideology, is going to be a white supremacist or, or whatever. Um, that doesn't automatically follow. What does follow is that... Uh, there are extreme views about the, the rights of the individual above the state, above the collective, if you like, that uh, exist in in that realm. And then people may then have other uh, elements individually that they bring into play, which, which give evidence to their own personal prejudices, whether it be a result of conditioning, whether it be a result of upbringing, whatever it happens to be. So it's important that we think those issues through. The other thing that's fascinated me is to watch how um, uh, the debate has been shaped um, online and elsewhere. Uh, I've written material uh, for Crikey on the way in which people have migrated from mainstream uh, social media to uh, other social media channels. Now, we're talking here the notion of Twitter and Facebook kicking people off for expressing particular views that are not within 
sort of the terms of service or the acceptability of those running the platforms. So if you've got, uh, there are certain people who've migrated from Twitter and Facebook who've gone to uh, other forums, whether it be Gab, Parler, um, BitChute, Telegram, other messaging apps where there are groups that, that, that can exchange those ideas. Uh, whether it be right wing, right wing extremism or left wing extremism, I don't particularly care what we're what the ideas are. But what we're seeing is a migration of you know, discussions about extremes in political thought and political activity, going from uh, mainstream social media to other places, whether they be message boards, whether they be parlour, gab, etc. Um, and those are things people need to be aware of uh, because you know, what, uh, what I've certainly learned uh, in the past while is that you know, there are certain ideas that have lasted centuries and you know, just muting them in the modern era by shifting them from one you know, social media channel to another doesn't kill those ideas or concepts. Um, the, the best we can hope for is to minimise their impact by education. And that, that takes, that is a completely different strategy altogether. And that relies on generational change going forward. And that's something that, that, that people need to reflect on a bit more uh, as we, as we you know, grapple with uh, the online environment and what the online environment means. Uh, education is the answer, um, but uh, it's not um, the only answer in terms of making sure that uh, people feel safe and stay safe. Yes, enforcement and, and sort of moderating comments on, on various channels might be a part of the process, but that's only putting a Band-Aid on a society that really needs to get into get to terms with um, having a broader education, a broader perspective, a broader curriculum that allows people to factor in um, the views of the views of others. It doesn't matter what the belief system is or what the you say but religion or uh, or a cultural tradition or whatever. Um, the only way you will get to the point of having a society that works is by taking uh, taking an approach to it that is educational. And that's a significant part of the answer. And that is, incidentally, what the experts in intelligence and some of the operatives from the uh, various intelligence services have said over the years in in documentaries, um, and that is those societies, various societies, and including our own, uh, need to improve the quality of education to reduce um, or minimise the likelihood of social friction. That's important, and that I think is where. I can conveniently end this Sunday morning reflection. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you're all uh, going well for those of you in Melbourne. Uh, I hope you're surviving lockdown, and I sincerely hope that we can get out of lockdown soon so people can see family and friends and uh, more regularly. So uh, have fun, take care, look after each other, and above all, stay safe.